Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, February the 14th. I don't ever recall doing a happy Valentine's Day show before with our friend Bill Katz, but Bill, happy Valentine's Day. Well, uh, this is the Valentine's. first time for for us to give each other Valentine's Day salutes. So yeah, Yes, and now with the society so liberal, it doesn't seem unusual anymore. Right. Um, I remember when when we first got to the United States that Valentine's Day had a slightly different meaning uh, up here than it did in, in the Spanish culture, because in the Spanish culture, Valentine's Day was all about more romantic, you know, husband and wife or boyfriend, girlfriend. It was always in that context, you know, roses. In yeah. fact, in Spanish, the, the, we don't say happy Valentine's Day. We actually say happy lover's day. Uh -huh. That is actually the way it goes. But but I guess Valentine's Day, like everything else, has evolved and become a commercial success. That's all I can say yes, about well, it. Well, it, it, apparently it's a commercial success. I <laughs> I don't I, you don't see that much of it uh, around as compared to when I was much younger. Uh, it, it kind of never it never caught on as a major holiday. It's kind of a, a minor holiday and i think was probably developed for commercial reasons uh and um i i are there many songs about valentine's day i i think it's mentioned in mentioned in songs but i don't know or recall a song about valentine's day well i hope it continues i think it's a very nice tradition i think it's a great holiday i mean yes. I, I guess not technically a holiday but it's a great day and I, it must be really good for a couple of uh, industries. One is the flower business, and the other one is specifically roses, and the other one is the chocolate business. I mean, it's that's what everybody seems to get these days. Yes, uh, and they will get it until the federal government decides that chocolate is bad for the environment, and <laughs> and it will, it will we'll all get arrested if we if we have one of those chocolate hearts. You know, in, in the house, but uh, yeah, they. I once I once visited a factory as a kid uh, that made those things: the, the the chocolate frozen hearts and and Easter bunnies. It was fascinating to watch it being made. Yeah, I bet it is. Uh, but I, I guess it, it will continue, Bill, until they decide that the only way that we can save the planet is if the flowers or the chocolates are driven to the merchants by electric cars. That's exactly right. That, I, th I think that's perfectly obvious. Yeah. Well, the electric car thing is very interesting right now because they're not selling. Uh, many people don't want them. They like them when they get them because they are quiet. Uh, but the, the argument for the electric cars apparently isn't quite as compelling as we've been told. And I think a lot of people are resisting because, one, they don't want to spend the money. And, two, they don't want to wait around for their car to be charged, especially if they're uh, running into New York to go to a Broadway show and they have two tickets, each one of which is $1,000. So uh, and it's sitting and being late because the car is being charged. They, they, will have to, they will have to deal with the charging issue right? Uh, because that's what people feel. Well, and if I'm sure you remember here recently that Hertz, you know, the auto rental company decided to get rid of them because the customers didn't like them. They wanted, you know, if you're in a hurry on a business trip and you got to get back to the airport, the last thing you want to do is have to spend a lot of time charging a car. That's right. So it it, it, it is not uh, 
it is not practical. All I can tell you is that the car dealers here in the North Texas area have lots of inventory. Oh, yes. For, for electric cars. And everyone, I have a good friend who worked with Nissan for a long time. And when Nissan came out with their model, he bought one. And he liked it. He liked it a lot. He said it was a very nice, like you say, it doesn't make any noise. It drives well and all that kind of stuff. He eventually went back to a regular truck uh, with gasoline. But I think what a lot of people are finding out, and my friend found this out, is that, number one, they're very expensive. These cars are, you know, it, when you buy an electric car, it's like you're paying Mercedes-Benz prices. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and that hurts. I mean, not everybody can do that. And specifically in Texas, what it kills the car here or the electric car here is that everywhere you go in Texas, you got to drive 300 miles. That's <laughs> so, right. Yes, I mean, you go from Dallas to Houston, it's 300 miles. You go from Dallas to San Antonio, it's 300 miles. You go from Dallas to the border is 500 miles. Mm. So, you know, you don't have the convenience of, and I've driven this many times, going down to San Antonio or going down to Houston and just getting off, stopping at a gas station, filling up and getting a Diet Coke and get back on the road in 10 minutes. Yes. You don't have that convenience with an electric car, but hopefully they'll fix that. Yes. But it, well, it may be take, a little bit longer. It'll take a lot of development to fix it. And uh, once that is fixed and uh, maybe the, the, the uh, charging is down to five minutes or so, any car that doesn't have that feature will have almost no resale value. That's right. So that's I the, think bad, bad idea all around. Yeah, I think it was a bad idea to force it on people so quickly. They they were really, the car, the market was not really ready for the car this quickly. You know, there is a market. If you basically drive around town, like the classic example I would think of would be, uh, let's say a suburban housewife who drives the kids to school and then maybe uh, goes, you know, doing the things that mothers, all the errands that mothers do around the neighborhood, because she, she could charge it every day, basically, if, if she had to. But if you use it for business or if you have to travel in places like Texas where everything is in eternity, uh, everything is so far away, then I, th I think it does become a problem. So, But anyway, happy Valentine's Day to you, Bill. Yes, and you. Uh, let me let me begin by just talking about this election that you just had in New York. Um, the Democrat won. Here's what I'm hearing, and I like to get your thoughts. What I'm hearing is that the Democrat was actually very well known in the district. He had actually yes. been the congressman there before he decided to run for governor. Number two, it's a Democrat plus, I think, district. I mean, I don't know what number, but it is a Democrat district. And number three, the the Democrat who ran uh, went was very tough on immigration, on the border, and on crime. So he didn't sound like, uh, let's say, AOC when it comes to any of these issues. And and then last but not least, I guess the Republican lady who ran was not as well known. That's what I'm hearing, Bill. I wonder if you being closer to, this, to, to the area, what are you hearing? Well, I, I grew up in that district. So uh, I, I go way back in the third congressional district. Uh, it is a district that it, that that tends democratic, and as you said quite correctly, the guy who won last night had previously had been, served for three terms in Congress from that district, uh, gave up his seat to run for governor, which was not a successful, not a successful move. Uh, his name was well known. 
uh, he did everything possible to disassociate himself from his own Democratic Party past. Many of the stance he took on things like immigration were closer to the Republican Party to, than to the Democratic Party. So he came off as a moderate, which, uh, which satisfied enough people to get him elected. Uh, his opponent was absolutely fascinating. Uh, she, it was a she, she was uh, born in Ethiopia and um, was Ethiopian Jewish. She moved to Israel, served in the, Israel, in the IDF, then uh, wanted to move to America uh, to complete her journey to, to freedom. She came here. She uh, made a success of herself in the United States and went into politics. She is a state legislator uh, already. She, she is on the... Um, on the uh, list of you know public employees in New York State, she ran a pretty good campaign. But the problem is that she did not have the experience to run a congressional campaign. Uh, she did not have much of a staff. She didn't seem to understand some of the intricacies of it. Uh, the, the Republican Party in Nassau County, which is where the our district is, for the most part. Uh, it's it's a strong party, but a party that is very traditional. Uh, uh, again, some of the things that that now are routine, like early voting, didn't seem to appeal to them, and they didn't give her the support that you really need to run in a district like that and make sure it stays Repub stays right. Republican. So now it's back on the Democratic column, and the fact is that the Republicans have won, I'm sorry, the Democrats have won a number of off-year elections. And Democrats, they, they run elections well. They're better at running elections than Republicans, and Republicans better wake up. I think there's much too much overconfidence in the Republican Party. They seem to think that all they have to do is run this year, and they'll control everything. The Democrats are going to put up a tremendous fight. They're going to be deceptive. They're going to take positions that are not really their positions. Uh, the um, presidential race may not be any more exciting than the uh, congressional races. Uh, so I think that in each and every congressional district, each and every state, the Republicans are going to have to run right. very imaginative campaigns using modern methods and the modern rules that apply. That's right. And that means early voting. If that's if like in Pennsylvania, if you vote 90 days early, you better get out there and vote 90 days early because, you know, they're the ones setting up the rules. So we might as well. That's right. Play by those rules. So, no, I agree. I agree. Now. One one other thing about these uh, off-year elections is that very often the electorate is a little bit different because yes. in the fall, in the fall there will be a much larger turnout. So you hope that that helps whoever the Republican is. But you you have to wonder how many Republicans now in the leadership are having second thoughts about expelling Santos because I mean I don't like the guy. He's a fraud. No, I agree. Complete fraud. Complete fraud. But at least he got you a vote. Yes, yes, and and uh, now the other frauds there are on the other side. So, uh, yeah, look, Santos was a, a fake. He had to go, I think. But there, the you know, as, as I said, the lady who who ran was uh, impressive. Her story was a wonderful American story, but uh, her campaign was not terribly imaginative, and she had never done this before. Right, and that and that experience <laughs> matters. I did oh, actually. I actually did see an interview with both of them, the Democrat and the Republican, 
on the Bill O'Reilly uh, podcast, he had them both on mm -hmm. the video. And I, you know, I thought they were both decent candidates. But when I saw the two of them, I felt that the Democrat had the advantage. Sure. He just seemed like to be a stronger candidate than the Republican. But I was hoping the Republican would win, honestly. But, um, you know, it, she had uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of difficulties, as you say, getting her message out. But we'll see what happens in November. Now, Bill, the other topic that I wanted to get to early is the whole question of inflation, because once again, we, you know, we hear that inflation went up. And here's the part that I love, Bill. Unexpected. Yes. Who in the world? <laughs> they, I mean, how does that work? Why is it that every time every, these things are always unexpected? It was unexpected that inflation went up. Well, unexpected to who, Bill? Well, they they are apparently claiming when they use that word, and there was in fact a, a column about it a few years ago. The word unexpectedly, which seems to appear in so many stories about the economy, uh, it's apparently unexpected by the experts or the people who call themselves experts. And uh, the it was a surprise that the inflation increase was so high. Uh, it, they expected it to be lower, uh, and but unexpectedly. It was higher, and now uh, Mr. Mr. President has a big problem on his hands because he's been saying inflation has been going down. Now it's going up again. I don't know how he deals with it. Well, I, I think you're right. I don't know how he deals with it either, but I can tell you that there was a story that came out in the Dallas Morning News today talking about inflation in, in our area, in North Texas, and they were saying that what made the inflation numbers at least, you know, not go up so much is the fact that gasoline had been down at like 275, 270 in our area. So that's what made the inflation a little bit easier to take. But when it comes yes. to food and rent in, in our area, it really went up. Yes. And, and the other thing too, Bill, is that the gasoline, I, we, we just drove. Uh, this just in a couple hours ago by a gas station, this gas station nearby, and it's two ninety nine. So the twenty five cents savings, if you will, that we had had here for a few weeks, that's gone. We're back to yes. three dollars. Yes. So what happens after three dollars? I don't know. But yeah, inflation is a problem, and why should it? Why should it be unexpected? That's the part that drives me crazy. These well, economists are obviously not talking to real people. No, and and real people are aware that even if inflation starts to go down, that simply means the price increases are going to be slower, but there will still be increases. People are walking around in America today with what amounts to a 20% tax on everything they buy, an inflation tax. Inflation is actually a tax. Uh, it's, it's, it's the same thing as if the manufacturers simply increase their prices. And that's basically what has now happened. And they feel that inflation... Uh, they will not feel a decrease in inflation. If there was a decrease in prices, that would be of great importance. There doesn't seem to be a decrease in prices on the horizon. Uh, it's, companies usually don't reduce their prices because they benefit a bit from the inflation. So we'll have to see. But I, despite all the talk in the Republican Party, of, which usually begins with we have a majority support on every issue, which is basically true. Uh, I mean, when you ask about issues, the Republican Party is ahead on almost everything. But it 
may not show up in the actual election results because elections are about people. They may be they may be about issues, but they're about people. And although it is perfectly clear that the public is not thrilled with with uh, Joe Biden, and in fact, I think has turned on him. They certainly are not overwhelmed by by Donald Trump either, right. and we have to be ready for that day during the election campaign when he may actually be convicted of something. And the polls show that if that happens, many of his supporters will turn against him. Right. So we can't we can't be sure of anything. No, you're right. It's 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 really uh, right now very uncertain. I will say this about inflation. Uh, just a little story. When I was in college, uh, I had a Korean economics professor, very nice man, had a very strong accent, uh, but really good guy. And one time I asked him in the class, I said, uh, how do you know that the inflation is real, professor? Because, you know, we had the same debate, the, the published figures and and the real figures. He looked at me and he said, have you talked to your mother? <laughs> right. That's very true. <laughs> very true. Way, and and that is, and, and really that's that's the best way to know because women are usually the ones who are buying. That's right, and uh, you and know they, they're the ones they, coming home. Yes, and they they buy the stable these the stable items, the ones that are, are basic to any household, the quart of milk, for example, uh, or the loaf of bread, and they know where those things have gone. They've gone up, 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 and up. Right, and eventually there is a breaking point, uh, but it, but when it comes to food, that breaking point is. It's it, it's it's still a bit away. Uh, people are buying differently, perhaps, but they are taking money out of savings. They're buying on credit cards, uh, and it's there it does not seem to be an end to it. No, now, right, you're right. Yes, you're right, right about that. Right here in New York, it's the worst of any state. New York is now the largest out migration state in the country. More people are leaving New York than any other state, and the reason is high prices, high prices, high taxes. High crime, not low in anything except uh, uh, except the scores on school tests, where we we really are low. Right. Well, no, it is it is an amazing situation. Uh, what is happening with inflation here in the North Texas area, what we call North Texas, uh, in the Dallas Morning News article today, they were talking about the price of rent going up. Uh, what's happening in our area is the demand for housing is very high. So there's no let up on on rent or mortgages. I mean, the house, the house values and everything, because all these people are moving in. But I'm thinking about places like New York or Chicago, where they're getting these migrants in. And I'm just saying, where are these people going to live with yes. these rents? I mean, if if regular people are having a hard time paying the rent, the migrants who are going to be at, at best making minimum wage jobs, most of them. How are they going to take care of themselves? It's something that nobody thought about this bill. Uh, well, that, that's absolutely true. And uh, you've got a situation where many young people uh, I've been reading who are in college expect to live many more years with their parents because they know that they cannot, on the salaries they expect, live in the areas where they want to live. It's, it's, a, it's a terrible situation because you wonder why why the real estate industry would drive up prices at a time when people can't afford them. I mean, they, they it must be simply because of their own egos and their 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 desire to 
be the guy who can charge the most in, in, in the neighborhood. But I, you, you, you find that the basics of living are out of touch for people even who are with college degrees. Right. And it's, it's also crushing the, their hopes, you know, of young people who graduate from college. So the idea was you graduate from college and you had to pay back the debts, but you were going to have a better job and you were going to be able to live better. But now you've got the debt from college. You cannot find the place to live. You got to live with your parents. That's and right. you have to ask yourself, you know, how, you know, how, how did this work out for me? But for many of them, it's not working out here in our area. The problem is demand for housing is still very high. Uh, so if you're a, a real estate person around here or you're selling your home, you know, there is a demand for it. People will buy it. The biggest thing stopping real estate around here is the interest rates. Because uh, well, the interest rates being higher, that does have an impact on people purchasing. Them. Sure, sure. Well, the, the 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 thing of it is, is that people now are discovering, or at least some people are discovering uh, here in New York, that there are actually places in America to live which are as nice as New York or nicer. I mean, there was a time when many New Yorkers couldn't conceive of living any place but New York City. But now mo most of the services and pleasures are available in other cities. You may not have Broadway, but if the considering the direction Broadway is going, New York might not have Broadway for long. Very few people are willing to pay $115 for a theater ticket. Right. And, well, and, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Bill, the other thing New Yorkers have now, or ex-New Yorkers have, is that they can watch the Yankees or the Mets on cable Yes. Uh, anywhere they are. So, you know, if you can watch the, the Yankees or or the Mets or whatever on, on cable TV in North Carolina and and, you know, have a lot more money at the end of the month. What you know, why stay in New York and, and watch them on cable in New York? Because you cannot afford to go to the games. That's the right. ticket prices for Yankee Stadium are unbelievable. Bill. Oh, I, yes. Oh, I yes. Mean, it's incredible. And and that basically rules out most families. It, it used to be fun to go to go to a baseball game with your family. Yeah, I mean it's it's ridiculous the cost of of sports, and it it gets even worse for hockey and, yes. and basketball. With well, a hot dog, are... a hot dog is ten dollars. <laughs> that used to be a box seat That's when right. I was in high school to go yes. see the, the games, and uh, yes. it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, Bill, it's been a very bad week uh, for President Biden and uh, the this special report that came out saying that he's kind of a, a well-meaning uh, elderly person uh, yeah. with a memory problem. I don't if I'm the president of the United States, I don't think I would enjoy that kind of a characterization, Bill. No, if things were going very well in the country, he would be called an elder statesman. You know, that, that's the thing. I mean, but now things are going badly, so he's called a, an old goofball. I mean, it really depends on how on, on the condition of your wallet. The condition of your wallet will determine what we call the president. But I happen to agree with you. I'm not at all sure that he's going to be on the ticket. And, in fact, most of the more interesting discussions about politics these days is who would replace him. Right. And there the Democratic Party has a real big problem. They do. They do. And, and I think the other the other issue, Bill, is I think, you know, that it's going to be very difficult whether you like or hate Trump. 
it's going to be very difficult to prosecute Trump over documents and give not only Hillary Clinton, but now Joe Biden a pass. I just don't think that's going to fly, Bill. If the attorney general was smart, he would call Jack Smith in and say, Jack, drop the documents case. Yeah. And because we're not going anywhere with that politically. And instead of investigating Trump over documents, what they should do, frankly, is have a an investigation of this agency that apparently is supposed to keep track of these documents. Because, Bill, I don't understand how this agency, I mean, apparently Joe Biden had documents when he was a senator. Yes. Uh, how in the world did this agency not miss those documents? I don't well, get it. <laughs> they, they were probably they were probably told not to miss them, you know? That's a real uh, problem, though. If that's well, the, that, that, that gets into the areas of corruptions and payoffs. And um, I, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's a very hard subject to cover, as any journalist will tell you, because it, you, if you accuse somebody of corruption, you're accusing them of a crime and you better have the goods. And many of the people who are involved in these things, not only in this country, but internationally, have become experts about, on them. And they're, they're, they're hard to track down. I, I think we're in a lot of trouble because of that very word, corruption, that yes. we underestimated the willingness of people to cheat their own country. Yes, and I think another thing, too, that I, that I think many we need to think about is the relationship between these public sector agencies and one political party. Uh, that's another thing that it's obvious to me that if, if the federal employees... Uh, for the most part, vote Democrat. And and that has the potential for for corruption because you protect one party uh, against the other. But I, I look at this document situation and, you know, if you go to the library and you take out a book and you don't return it, you get more letters threatening your life than if you're a senator and for 20 years you've had a document and the agency apparently it doesn't do anything about it. Bill. That exactly to me is right. very dangerous. Well, yeah. to expose corruption, remember, has always been dangerous. And, and those who've done it successfully have usually risen in the ranks of public admiration. Uh, Thomas E. Dewey, who was the Republican candidate for president in both 1944 and 1948, became famous by being a crime buster in New York. Yeah, and wasn't Giuliani also oh, very, famous over that? Yeah. Exactly. He um, <coughs> Giuliani was very successful in crime busting when he was mayor. Right. right. But he he just didn't seem to have appeal to the rest of the country. Right. Yeah, that is interesting that you mentioned that because I always thought he was going to be the nominee in two thousand eight because yes. of that background that he had had as 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 mayor of New York and the very successful, of course, with two thousand with nine eleven and then his record as as governor and, and I mean as mayor, and that apparently didn't pan out in back in two thousand eight. But I'm just very concerned about this corruption because you see this in California with uh, the almost uh, I mean it's almost like they're the same thing, you know, the private the the public sector union and the Democrats are I mean, basically the same thing. And they determine who wins elections that way. Uh, I was listening to a lady the other day talk about the mayor of Chicago, and she was saying, you know, the public sector, the teachers union basically elects the city council in Chicago. Oh, absolutely. They're, the teachers unions have, have become a menace to the country. They are, first of all, a menace to the school systems because they don't seem to, to care very much about the students and what the students' life will be like 
given the kind of education that the teachers union is giving. The teachers unions today are controlled by the far left, which is a euphemism, but by the far left, and they are not teaching the young person to be a citizen of the United States. They're teaching the young person to change the United States right. in ways that the teachers union wish. Right, and and in ways that most of the parents didn't know what was going on. That exactly. was the other. That was the other thing. Now you mentioned about the Democrats in twenty twenty four. It is going to be a challenge replacing uh, President Biden, but I don't see how they keep him given these circumstances. He's not capable of even doing a debate. Uh, That's, and, well, and, he. The thing is this: that if you watched him last week with uh, yes. the the King of Jordan. He was on the stage and he didn't seem to know where he was and he was wandering around and people are now going to be even more on the lookout for that. And I, I don't think they're going to allow him to go on a stage. I think they're going to keep him under control. They're going to have him run the kind of campaign he ran four years ago, basically run out of the basement where he makes very few public appearances. Right. And they're going to hope that the attitude toward Trump is so negative in the country that Biden will slip through. And that is right. a possibility. It that is, possibility. I mean, that is a possibility. You're exactly right. I also wonder, though, what would happen to the country if that happened? Let's just, for the sake of the example, let's say that that Trump does something during the campaign that turns off the country, like, for example, going after uh, Nikki Haley's husband. I mean, yes. it, a completely idiotic thing to do. I have no idea what he was thinking. But he does those things. And all of a sudden, you know, Biden wins the close election. And I mean, the country really needs, if not a new face, a new direction. And they wouldn't oh, get it with Joe Biden in the White House. No, they, they're not going to get it with Joe Biden in the White House. But so many people despise Donald Trump. They may uh, hold their nose and, and vote for mm -hmm. Biden. Uh, as, as Either that or, Bill, I was thinking, sorry to interrupt you, but I was thinking that that may very well be the third party opportunity because the other night I was watching uh, an interview with Geraldo Rivera. Remember him? Yes. Uh, oh, the sure. commentator who I think lives in New York, actually. Yes. And they were asking him about who he's going to vote for. And he said, no, he'll never vote for Biden. And he definitely will not vote for Trump. And he said he might go with Kennedy. Well, Kennedy is not a perfect candidate either. But he is, look, in, in all of the polls that I've seen, he is somewhere between 13 and 15 percent. Yes. And, uh, if, and in fact, they've done these sample uh, polls of, you know, having all three or four of them on the ticket, on the ballot. And the last one I saw had, it was like 39 Trump, 34 Biden, 17 uh, Kennedy, and then the others. And if that were to happen, you know, Trump could actually win a lot of states just because he's winning pluralities, Bill. Well, yes, and people will feel that they have not been given much of a choice for the presidency and that the person who won wasn't their choice anyway. I think the it's almost inevitable that if the current slate of candidates runs in November, that the, that enough of the country will be so disappointed that they will feel disenfranchised. And that's a dangerous thing in a democracy. That is. And then, oh, I mean, that could open an opportunity for a third party, uh, or what they call a third party. It's not technically a third party, but just an independent candidate. Uh, you know, Kennedy will probably get some votes, uh, Manchin maybe, if he runs. Uh, but 
there's no doubt. I mean, I agree with you that there is a an opening for an alternative candidate. I'm not saying he would win the presidency, but he would have an impact. Oh, uh, he will have absolutely. I mean, he will take more votes from one party than from the other, but we're not sure which that party is. Right. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. Also, they have to get in all 50 ballots, which is challenging. That's that that, that also is is what can discourage a third party. Right. Uh, that that the they they're not on. There's no par- third party in America now that is on enough uh, uh, tickets to win. I think the Libertarian Party, Bill, uh, I could be wrong, but I think the Libertarian Party is in all 50 states because they always run a candidate. And here Mm. in Texas, I remember they were on the ballot the last time. But so if Kennedy was nominated as the Libertarian Party, you know, that might, might give him that exposure in all 50 states. But I agree with your basic uh, premise or you, that what you're saying that that there is a, a feeling in the country that they would rather vote for someone not Biden, not Trump. And if you put Kamala Harris, I don't think not Kamala Harris either. So it's just I've never seen a situation like this before, Bill, and I've tried to go back and look at other elections. Maybe these things happened in the 19th century. I don't know. Because uh, back then they used to have sometimes three or four candidates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, I, I, it's, it's certainly not since, you know, in any recent memory uh, no, that I recall. The, 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 the two-party system has existed now untouched since, well, 1982, when Ross Perot did influence the election and got about 20% of the vote. Yeah, 92, I think you meant, 1992. Yeah, 1992. Of course, George Wallace, you remember that one. Sure. George Wallace in 68 actually won states that year. He actually did win, I think, four or five states in the South in 68. But again, it didn't didn't change. Uh, Nixon was still... uh, Well, one quick thing I wanted to ask you, Bill, here before we go, and that is this Colorado Supreme Court. It does look, at least from the questions and all of that, that the Supreme Court is going to kill it which I think it's healthy for the country if they yes. do. Because this idea of every state deciding, you know, who is on the ballot and who's not on the ballot, that's a quick, easy way of breaking up the country, Bill. Yes, and there are some people who definitely want it that way. Uh, and think they've got power within their own party. But the, the, people want to feel that they are electing the president and that they are making decisions about the presidential candidates that only the people can make. And along come some of these people who are, uh, you, you know, behind some of these lawsuits, and they're doing harm to the country. Uh, the it is still a country where it's one man, one vote, or one woman, one vote, and the the vote has to be the most sacred thing in the political vocabulary. Right. So, so yes, I think it's I think it's a big story. Well, I also think that if you're going to say that Donald Trump was guilty of insurrection, it would be nice if he was actually found guilty of it. Well, that that is that would be a bombshell, though, because right. then then you have an, a legitimate court case and one in which he could wind up going to jail. Right, but so far he's not being charged with insurrection no. anywhere. That's no. my point. Is that I mean, the in 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 Colorado and in Maine, they're saying he's guilty of insurrection, but so far he has not been charged or definitely found guilty of it. I mean, you're right. If he if he was found guilty of it, that's the end of it. Yeah, but so far that has not happened. Well, Bill, I promised you we had a lot on our plate, and we sure did. 
Yes. Thank you as always for, for being a part of it and, and happy Valentine's Day to you. <laughs> did you get that snowstorm that everybody said you were going to get? We did indeed. It was one of those rare cases where the weather bureau was spot on. So the we, batteries, we, uh, you had enough batteries in the house? Enough batteries and they worked. And uh, uh, the only thing is for most people, the batteries are there just for an emergency. Right. Because the electric lines, well, in our immediate area, don't come down. But there are areas in our county where some of them did come down. Sure. So it was an actual snowstorm. And I think we can put it into the record books. All right. Well, uh, got, glad to hear that, that the yes. experts were right on that one. Okay, because they were broadcasting all kinds of things happening to New York. Bill, have a great day and thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, Silvio. All right. Our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Virgin Agenda, always a lot of good input, a lot of good information. Enjoy talking about a lot of things. And this inflation topic is one that I thought was very interesting because we thought that was behind us. And apparently... Inflation is ahead of us, which is a real political problem. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you the next time. Bye-bye, everybody.